Thank you for listening to the program. The miracle here of this man, his withered hand healed, is to me continuing about what he told them about being fishermen of men. And in Luke, we were looking at where he said that, and the fish is in that he gathers those that are to be saved, and they just let down the net. And then the leper is that anyone, like the Apostle Paul would say, I'm the least of the least. He, uh, any belong to him. It's, he's, it's not a respecter of persons who we are or, or anything like that. It's whether he, by his, like Paul said, like making pottery, uh, some of it is like it was really true in the temple or, or this the gold uh, the the vessels were for just worshiping god they were sanctified as it were and then there were other vessels that were important but they weren't like that so i don't know it's it's uh, election is really uh, uh, uh hard to maybe understand and that's why my experience is most people don't believe in that anyway but I do, and it is extremely significant whether you do or not, how as then you see other other things. But salvation, uh, the election, and then saving anyone, and then the one man that his friends, he saw their faith, their faith and his faith to, to be healed, and the extent how much, if you don't doubt and you want it with all your heart, is what that shows me about salvation, and that he, like he said, I have power to forgive sins and die for you and live in you. That would be the whole thing that they would have all understood or should have thought about what would happen. And the most important thing about all that, like he told them, uh, it's not the time of this or that or whether you die or not or here or whether I come back before you. He said the thing is, is to do and abide in my love and joy and peace each and every day. That was it. And he said, do what I have told you and that's in my opinion looking at it there's a lot of good things you can do but you look at what he said to do is abide in me and have fellowship with me in that way of genuine love and it can be done yeah you have to like he said die to the old man and and crucify yourself man it's and i don't mean to laugh it's a, a kind of a tragic humor is how difficult that is when it comes right down to it. But when you when he showed me at least in not too long ago, certainly not all of my Christian life, but that it does, it can happen when you want it with your your whole heart and and you're willing to put up the self. And so here anyway, <clears throat> that he shows that he has power to to. And it wasn't their faith that they had, and I've heard it said there again, every man has the faith to believe in Christ. Well, if that's true, then you're saved by grace through faith, and that's a gift of God, and no man can come unto me unless it's given to him. Well, that's like the serpent would say, yeah, we got a problem here, right? See, it doesn't add up. <laughs> no, to the creature in his mind, it won't, and to Adam and Eve, whatever, it didn't. But that's... Um, 
sort of here is just uh, continuing here. The next miracle that it looks like to me has to do with who is not that being healed is being saved, but you know what I mean looking at it. It's kind of connected together in a way. But this man was had a withered hand, and he's the one that you'd think, wow, that's a, what it's all about, and it is. But there again, like we were talking about last time, and if you really look at it, what who's the important person here? Well, it's him, the Lord. It's not that man or the Pharisees or the people listening. It's him, that if it weren't for him, none of this would be happening at all. And they were watching him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath day so they could find a reason to accuse him. And it had to do with this withered man on the Sabbath day in the synagogue as he was teaching. They knew that man was sitting there. The Lord knew they knew he knew it was he was everybody did. And it, it, it brings up a thing I was trying to think about that I do or, or happens in my mind is things are these things really happened. And so you can really make them real as you are able to to yourself because it's not based on a true story it is a true story inspired of God through these men to be written down as to why and what happened but here they wanted to find any way to discredit him it it didn't matter what and finally after this it's kind of they had the idea of blasphemy you know where you say you're god and a man and you can't do that's blasphemous and if he had been just a man well yeah it would have been but uh and then here i wanted to point out the corn it's kind of humorous there where uh, it came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first, and here's in Luke, that he went through the cornfields, and his disciples plucked ears of corn and did eat them, and were eating. And certain Pharisees came to his disciples and said, Why do you do that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day? And it couldn't be eat food. They would have had to, I guess, look at it as harvesting corn. I don't know. But it was that pathetic as it were and the common people a lot of it said the common people as it heard him gladly and they they knew the pharisees were it's like today people a lot of people anyway know that some people are just complete hypocrites when they pretend to be so righteous i don't know and i don't want to fall into that group (laughs) but uh but here they they were trying to it's like um i was talking with somebody about this the, the or about about the tax code of a rich person i heard one a rich person say one time if you have much business property this and that and you're dealing much the irs tax code if they want to find something wrong it is virtually impossible to make it to where because it is so complicated that that it, even they, you know, and I, I, I can believe that, and I, you hear similar things like, well, they were doing that to him. They were trying to find something he did on the Sabbath day, and you say, well, why is that like that? Because their traditions, they got so off the rail about it. Was I've read things like that you couldn't carry a comb or a brush 
on, and you couldn't look in a mirror because, and you couldn't, you know, and, and it was true in the law. You couldn't go but a certain distance. You couldn't gather firewood. You couldn't, wasn't supposed to cook. You're supposed to prepare for that day. And that day would be set aside like the seventh day was in the beginning there to just worship God and be with God and be in fellowship with him. You don't have to do anything. It doesn't, I don't remember it saying much they did on the seventh day. They just rested, or he did, and they rested there with him. And when they started doing something, it's when, you know, when he left and came back and whatever, it went bad real quick. But... Uh, they were saying, "Why do you? What's lawful to do?" They had it down to almost you couldn't do anything hardly on the Sabbath day, or you'd be in violation uh, of something. You know that they had going. Now the law itself, no. Uh, but he said about traditions. He said you make them the law of God, your own traditions that you've tweaked what he set up or tweaked it he complicated confused it with your own tradition and now you think and you say like to them and they would say well we would you were you should have prepared this the day before well he gave the example here of king david eating the showbread and it was allowed by god in fact he was basically told to do that or it was okay it wasn't held against him because it it was allowed and you look at the accounts which this the cornfields and the withered hand is in all three uh matthew mark and luke and uh, the thing that that comes up in you put them all together is really pretty uh interesting and humorous in a way what what actually happened but what they were trying to do was catch him and and trying to say well you you're a healer nobody can deny that but you there's six days to do that to do your work and you're an artist well you you're and you're a healer well it doesn't matter and they couldn't refute that and and but you violate the sabbath day and he like he answered them uh and said about you know he didn't even eat of the food is what I was going to bring out. You look at all the cornfield things, the three accounts, and every one of them, they came to his disciples, or they said to him, why are your disciples? So it was. It, it's pretty easy to see that like it had been before is he didn't eat. He wasn't hungry. They were hungry, and it points that out three in all three accounts they were the ones that were hungry they took the corn they were eating and the pharisees come up and said why are you letting them do that and you know it wasn't that he didn't eat just so he wouldn't get them riled up the pharisees against him i don't know he just didn't like he told people he healed don't go out and tell people just but they did he couldn't help it but anyway he knew their thoughts and and so they came in here and asked him you put all the accounts together and they ask him a question. You put all these accounts in, it's not that hard. You know, you go and look at them all. And, and, and they were uh, trying to find a way to, and they ask him, is it lawful to do well or to heal on the Sabbath day? What do you think? Is it lawful to do that? And he said, what man of you would have a, an animal that uh, one sheep even just one and it fell into a pit wouldn't you get it out on the sabbath day well of course they would have there's an automatic yes and so he said is not a man better than a sheep 
And then he told the man to stand up. See, so they asked him that. And then here in Luke, uh, it says uh, they watched him then to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath day. And he knew their thoughts. And they had already asked him that question in the synagogue. They're coming in or something. And he said to the man then, stand up. He knew what they were thinking. He knew they were watching that man and him. And he, it, it was a real intense time is what I was trying to refer to earlier in, in the way that when you make it real to yourself, then there you are. And the best, as it were, who, who's not said that phrase, the best preacher he ever, but one of, and, and one I really liked in particular, would say many times, opening up the scripture to talk about it, he would say, Lord, make these things real unto us. And he did. And it wasn't a, a process or a, or a craft or a style that he had. It was because it was real to him, the preacher. And so that's what he was kind of praying, make it real to me and the listeners too. And so it, it, it really did happen, and it helps to really make it real. But then he told the man to stand up, and they said to him, let me ask you the same question that Matthew says they ask him. Is it lawful to do good or not? After he had already answered their question, to do evil or what? And looking around on them, and in, I think in Mark it says he was angry because they wouldn't answer. They didn't answer him. He answered them. They wouldn't answer. And that's not so much why he was angry. It said because of the hardness of their heart. They could have at least, like a lot of people, well, he's a, he's a great prophet. No, they were saying, no, you're evil. You're Satan. You're Beelzebub. You're the, the, the right-hand man or something. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There'd be a lot of difference there. Neither one believed in him, as it, you know what I'm saying. But still, I'd rather be the guy that thought he was a great prophet rather than... Uh, but but anyway, then he said, looking at them, and then he put it all together with anger. He looked at every one of them, and they looked at him, and he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he did, and it says the hand. Uh, in, it, it means that hand, the right hand. One of the accounts said his right hand was withered. And that word just simply means dry up. I don't know. It implies that it was healthy at one point, but something happened there somewhere, and it just withered away and dried up. And uh, so stretched forth your hand, and he did the hand, the, the right hand that everybody, everybody there. That's what I'm saying. It was real to them. Everyone there knew who he was, either who he was or who he's supposed to be or who they didn't believe he was in one way or another. And I think most of them would have been there. To, and it was packed as usual. Everywhere he went, there were multitudes of people and his enemies followed him whether it's in the cornfields of the synagogue, they were there trying to catch him at some technicality, some question that he would misspeak or something like that. And here, he didn't even touch the man. He didn't say, you're healed, your sins are forgiven or nothing. He just, according to the record, he just asked them the question that they had asked him. They wouldn't answer. And he said to the man, you know, in our turn, show me the hand that's withered. And he puts out a hand and is that the right hand, sir? It looks like, and he holds out both, and he said, no, that hand's it's whole like the other, restored. And the Pharisees were filled with madness, and that means just what you'd think it means. They weren't just angry. They were insane. And the word means intellect, intelligence, but you put a negative in front of it. They lacked intelligence. They were out of their mind. They weren't even able to 
even think rationally. They were filled with madness and communed one with another. What might they do? And the last thing they wanted to do but is what he came, and that was to kill him. And Lazarus, too, you know, they were out of their minds because this man here, what are you going to say? Well, you, you healed him. And he said, no, I just told him to stand up and show me his hand. He showed it to me, and there wasn't anything wrong with it. And you could see where they would, they knew he knew uh, what they were thinking. And they, he was so far ahead of them, it wasn't even, well, it is kind of funny. But <clears throat> anyway, and it came to pass, then he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was daylight, he called his disciples and chose 12 of them. Now these things are, the, that's where I just can, you can imagine the disciples saying, oh man, you wake up in the morning and open up your eyes and you think, and uh, adrenaline hits, you know, <laughs> you don't have to have much coffee and, and you wonder what is going to happen today? What is going to happen you know, we're, we're, and after all the dust had settled here and everybody at home talking about the man with the withered hand, the Pharisees and all that, telling the family what happened and all that, I can just hear the little kid, 10 years old, say, well, you were there? Oh, yeah, yeah, I was with Uncle. So I, I saw it. I saw it. I heard what happened. <clears throat> and well, what did you get out of that? What was the big, what was the bottom line? And you you might want to say, well, you should say, well, the withered man, the hand, he was healed. Well, he started jumping up and down. And I never saw anything like it. But what if the little kid said, uh, the, the, what happened there was I saw God. And uh, he looked at me. And, oh, yeah, he healed that man, everything. But I saw the Son of God. I saw the one, you know, and I'm only 12 years old, but... It, that's what I remember, Mom, about that whole thing. That was the bottom line. <clears throat> and even the adults, and hold on, you know. Wow, uh, he has a point there. And it is a point. And it's so easy to forget about him. So easy. It's, it really is not funny. But um, that to me shows about salvation is that, like Paul said, even the gospel preached in contention and he was in contention everywhere he went preaching what he did to lost or saved, as it were, sanctification or salvation. Either way, he was in trouble with people. To the point, James said, there's believers here that look at you as a heretic and, and would kill you. That It's that bad. And because he threw out circumcision, and they agreed with the Mosaic law, well, yeah, whatever, but not circumcision, that's different. You don't understand. And he knew exactly what they were saying. He was one of them. Uh, Sanhedrin uh, right there or uh, way up I mean as equal as anybody in that way and he knew and they knew he knew but that was their only way to to counter what he had to say is it's Christ alone 100 percent when he lives in you that is true life and salvation and it's that simple and it, without that you can be in paradise like Lazarus was and say you know we didn't sin there but it wasn't what we weren't God. That's what it's all about. That's the promise of the Spirit. That's what we want. And that's what we have today. And that's like Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that we may know that the power is of God. What's he mean? The power to do it, the, 
the the wherewithal. And Paul said another place is he's able to do it. That's not the problem. James said that's not the problem. You can't blame him. It's your choice to give up resentment and unforgiveness and choose to have his love. It's right there inside of you. In fact, that's who you really are if you belong to him. And it can happen. It really can. And it's so much more wonderful than the other way. It's, there again, really not funny. Well, um, I don't know. It's a special thing to me to be able to even talk about it. But thank you for listening to the program.